0: What's up, EKN Nation? How are you? Rob Howden here. It is uh, May the 7th, Thursday. We're still uh, locked down with this whole coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 shutdown. Uh, Hopefully, you at home are staying safe, potentially trying to get out, maybe doing some racing. We're having fun here with our EKN face-to-face program on Facebook Live, bringing in some guests to talk about the sport, talk about some of, of course, the current uh, issues we're dealing with. We had track managers on. We've had some guys that, that work in the industry as well. We had Alan Rudolph on, the leading educator. We're going to have a bit of fun here today because I've got a guest coming on that I haven't seen in about probably four or five years, but I've known him for over 20. And not many people that have been in the sport you know, for the last five years, because we have a lot of turnover, they don't realize that this guy here was at the very top level of the sport when he was uh, a little younger, about 20 years ago. Now, of course, a big star, does a lot of stuff, game show host, TV host, singer, comedian, dancing with the stars champion as well. Joining me today, it's going to be fun. We're going to take a walk down memory lane. Let's bring in Alfonso Ribeiro. It's been twenty years.
1: Yeah, buddy. Good to have you here, bud. Good to have you good here. To be on. it's a blast from the past, but a good blast. It is, right? Isn't it? Yeah.
0: We've, we've, of course, we're twenty years down the line. We're better looking and we're mm-hmm. in better shape than we were. I think back I'm, then.
1: I'm pretty much the same. You, you
0: look pretty exactly the same. the same. You look exactly on, the same. I
1: think I'm the exact same weight. Because I didn't have to put no weight on my card.
0: No, you did not. Yeah. And that's one of the things people don't understand this, and I love this part. I'll bring up, you know, back when the promoted tour day started in 1999, Alfonso Roberto raced with us, uh, mm-hmm. Sean Patrick Flannery, and they're like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Not only did he race with us, but he won the world finals. Like you were the top, one of the top dogs in S2. You moved right. to S1.
1: Yeah, back
0: back in the day, you guys were all in.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, the the funny thing is, you come from the celebrity racing, and uh, you know. You win a couple races and you're like, oh, this could be awesome. Where do we go from here? Right. And and for me, I actually started, you know, car racing. Like I started, you know, doing formula cars. I raced uh, the Star Mazda series. I raced the Barbara Dodge series. I did a bunch of showroom stock stuff. And then when you have like like I did, I had a major accident. Then you start going, huh. You know, this isn't what I do for a living, but I really love it still. Where can I go? Yeah. Where, you know, especially if you don't really know the whole racing world, karting is that place, right, where you can go, you can do it for uh, a lot more than you think going in. <laughs> yes. Because uh, I spent a lot more money than I thought I was going to. You did. Um, but you, you, you go, we went in full bore, uh, Mark Paul Gosler, Sean Patrick Flannery, myself basically went full in and we bought all the carts and the trailer and you know we teamed up with uh with jm uh racing with tony kart um and we basically funded tony kart for a year um i mean we every development that tony kart did for like two years was paid for by spf and alr um (laughs) but we uh we just absolutely loved it and fell in love with it and and got good pretty quickly but really learned that that's really kind of we did it backwards, right? Yeah, you you don't want to start in go karting and work your way into cars. We were like, you know what? Let's go back to the ground roots, you know, the grassroots of it all. And and uh, and and I loved it. I absolutely had some of the best years. So much fun um, jumping into karting, and it was it was awesome.
0: I, w- I want to know how you first got into it. Because, of course, you were doing the car racing stuff. And you mentioned Mark Parr Gosselar Grant Show was in there as well. I remember Grant yeah, from, from Melrose Place. Right. He was racing. I remember showing up at a race one day. And I see you guys. And I'm like, what the hell are these guys doing here? And, <laughs> and it was kind of that deal. Who, who did you connect with first to get into the um, sport?
1: I think Mark Paul was the one who... He had met a bunch of guys um, in the karting world, mm-hmm. and they were the ones who said – he, he went to him and said, dude, we should go check this whole karting thing out. We were like, karting? What are you talking about? And uh, I think we, we, like, you know, went to a factory, and we went to one of the races. Yeah. And after watching the 125 shifter race, I think all of us right in that moment were like, okay,
0: we're where in. Do
1: we- <laughs> sign me up. Right now, I'm buying a cart. Can I ju- can I buy someone's car gear and go race? That's right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was it it was it, um, immediately it just landed and and made me want to do it. And so I think he was the one who got us in. And then we just started doing our own little research, trying to figure out. You know, obviously in California, there was really only a couple of like decent um, manufacturers and places that we could go. We went to pits. Um, which was one of them. Um, Then we went to JM and we just kind of like got a feel for who would have been a good, um, let's say people to team up with to try to move this forward. And uh, Jean Marchione, he was the man who uh, convinced us to spend a lot of money. Um, You You know, spend money to go fast. Yeah. Listen, (laughs) you know, you never want to blame yourself. (laughs) It was always the cart, right? Obviously, yeah. someone else had better equipment. It was never us. Of course, um, no, it hasn't changed. Changed. It hasn't, it hasn't changed. changed. No, it hasn't Come, changed. Changed. Come on, <laughs> it's not as long as man is man. That's um, it. But yeah, so we we um, we really dove in, and that first season, which was kind of our our you know one of the actually the most fun seasons we had because we had stock motors, right? Like. We didn't go and get the, the super motors yet. We had no idea that, that they could do anything to them. We bought a stock go-kart yep. and went out and just drove. Um, and, and, like, Sean and I drove all the way to Fort Lauderdale from L.A. I to that. do a race. Yep. And that was the time when we realized that we had way inferior equipment than other people. Because we were getting dusted down the straights. And we couldn't understand. It was like, dude, I'm closing on dude in front of me. And then the dude just takes off. And then I'm catching him in the corners. And then he's taking off. And I'm catching him. And I'm taking off. And uh, and we did really well. Like, I, I won. And and Sean won. and and uh, But it was such a struggle. And from that point forward, we realized, OK, we really need to move this to the next level so that we can actually compete yeah. at, at, at a higher level than where we were. And so we... You know, hooked up. We got some some motors done. Uh, you know, we thought that Jean had actually built us some real motors, and he hadn't. Right? It was. <laughs> we put it on a dyno. we were like, okay, go down. Like I can go to Honda right now, put this bad boy on here, and it was the same thing. Um, so so we really spent some time and some money developing an R and D and some some good motors, and and uh, and then eventually. Uh, that thing fell through, and we went and we we teamed up with uh, Track Magic mm-hmm. and created our own team, Cyclone Racing, yep. where we could uh, ultimately just kind of do it ourselves. And Everett Giebler uh, ran our show for us and and made sure we were we were up to speed and um and we and we busted our butts. I mean, we drove all, that we flew and drove and um showed up, you know, Rock Island, That's uh, it, yeah. you know, Norman, Oklahoma. We were, we were all over the place and, uh, we committed fully. We loved it. I mean, you it did. was, it guys was were literally great. a great time.
0: We had a lot. We had a lot of fun together. Let us not blow past that year where you didn't have the right equipment because okay. you were fast and you obviously Sean was running in the S one class. You were running right. in the S two category and battling against some of the big stars. You know, the guys like Travis Irving and, and Mike McNamara and right. Josh, Josh Schreiber yep, and, yep. and the big dogs. Um, you end up winning the world finals. Let's not. I don't want to blow by that because yeah, was, we, we, let's, not uh, by it. let's not blow by
1: that. Let's not blow by
0: that. That was massive because yeah, it was that was kind of your culmination of that year where you guys kept getting better. I was so impressed by how fast you guys, how committed you were to it. You practiced, right. you tested, you got better and better. And I remember watching Sean at the end of pit lane because I think they were, you know, he was going to go on next after you, and right. you had this big lead. and He's out there showing you how big the lead was. He was so excited. Well, that was a huge win for you. You know, that you have a big victory like that. You, you kind of, everybody, you guys were there racing. That was you being there and competing, not just racing.
1: Well, the, the, I think the, the, the craziest part of all of it was, you know, everybody in the pit lane looked at us like, Oh, here comes these Hollywood guys thinking that they're going to come in here and just beat us. Right. Because they, they, they think so highly of themselves. And that was never it. Like we fully immersed ourselves into the entire community. Um, and we, we we felt like we were possibly a way to bring what we thought was a really cool part of the racing community um, that gets a lot of love over in Europe and, and in South America, but doesn't get the same kind of love here in America. Mm-hmm. We were hoping we could bring it you know, to the masses a little more um but yeah going and doing and winning Sean and I were I mean we were we were together arm in arm literally yeah. you know i mean we 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 rooted for each other and raced against hard against each other uh we battled but that's what made i think it so great and why we were able to move through the ranks as quickly as we did was because we were pushing each other yeah. with a love for each other where you, you see so many people in the racing community that is literally looking out for themselves and themselves alone, that they don't have a team, a real team. Real team. Where they're literally, you know, after a test day, a full test day, and uh, when you're going to do two or three test days back to back, go to the hotel, get on the laptops, and literally go through all of the of the running and looking at all of the maps and you know where are you fast here what are you doing different how are you getting into that corner faster what 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 are you doing with your setup and we would literally do a debriefing after every session and then an entire debriefing at the end of every day to try to get better and show up the next day and then implement things on on the on the cart on the track the next day um, learning about, you know, things that we never knew, like, obviously we didn't know that as the air density changes, you need to put a new thing in the, in the carburetor, the carburetor to run better. And, you know, you got these things, are running like, you know, as the wind, right? you're right. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. we didn't know any of that going in. We, you know, it's like all of a sudden in the morning, you're super fast in the afternoon, you know, midday, you're horrible. Then it gets good again. You're going, what's going on? And you're not <laughs> going with it and learning all of that. Um, but the world finals kind of showed me that I could compete. Yeah. Um against, you know, not necessarily the upper, upper echelon yet, but that I was there. You're right. I, yeah. I could show up and race and deliver. Um, it taught me racecraft, you know. Uh when you get out front, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Right? Do you How to lead? Yep. Do you do you do you keep going? Do you keep <laughs> trying to stretch it? Or do you get smooth, real consistent? And say, come chase me yeah. uh, when you figure out how big a lead you had. And I had a really substantial lead, um, you know, three-quarters of the way into that into that race. And I backed it down. I didn't back it all the way down, obviously. You still yep. got to push. But I backed it down enough to know that if I don't make any mistakes, they're never going to catch me. Um, and kept it on. And I had learned that track. And, you know, we tested a ton in Norman, Oklahoma.
0: That's a tough racetrack, too.
1: Oh, it was a beast because <laughs> the intersection where you just kept going in one direction. It was like it wasn't a three sixty; it was like a seven eighty. That just Head kept ball. coming tighter, tighter, tighter. By the end, we, you mentioned Rudolph. Yep. Rudolph would be like, that. "I remember watching him race up. His neck would be going the opposite way, you know." And we we got strong, and we got we got uh, we got good. And it was a it was a wonderful time for me to be able to win. Um, a prestigious race, yeah. uh, one of the biggest ones in, in, in America. At
0: that time, for at sure. At the
1: time, yeah. I mean, you know, look, it was the Super Nationals, and it was uh, winning in the World Finals. Those were yeah. the two big ones, and, and to win that was, uh, was special.
0: And – you nailed the donuts afterward as well. The victory Oh donuts. yeah, no
1: no no, I could do donuts. I, <laughs> I Yeah. I got I, that can answer. Donuts, I can eat donuts and I can do donuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's part I know how to do. That's you know, awesome. Lock that wheel, drop it and let it just spin. I'd put that I'd put that front tire on a dime. And just <laughs> let the whole cart just go around it. I just, I can I can. We got so,
0: lots, of, I, lots of pictures of that too.
1: Yeah, I did that a couple times at Long Beach too. <laughs> That's good.
0: <laughs> we pause our face-to-face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. 25 years of experience, 25 years of success. Greg Bell and Leading Edge Motorsports are heading into their third decade in the sport with winning momentum and the best material possible. Last year's monumental victories at the Rock the Rio and Scusa Super Nationals have proven what the sport has long known. Greg Bell is one of the finest karting tuners. And he and his drivers can get the job done. Looking for a change in equipment? Get on board with Leading Edge Motorsports. Leading Edge is North America's factory team for Formula K and Praga karts. And the new 2020 models are in stock and ready for pickup or shipping to your garage. Do you want to win like Danny Formal did with Leading Edge in Las Vegas? Call Greg Bell today at 209-369-0921 to secure your place on the team. Leading Edge Motorsports will be trackside in 2020 at the Challenge of the Americas, Skuza Pro Tour and California Pro Car Challenge, Rock Sonoma, and the KPX Carding Championship in NorCal. From Rock to Miami to Briggs, rely on Greg Bell and Leading Edge Motorsports to give you everything you need to step into the winner's circle. Check out leadingedgemotorsports.com to learn more. Every winter, young drivers take the leap up to the next class. Whether it's micro to mini, mini to junior, or the big jump from junior into the senior ranks, it's tougher competition. If your son or daughter are moving up a class in 2020, give them exactly what they need to be ready. Professional coaching from the most respected teacher in the sport. With over 30 years of karting experience, Alan Rudolph and his staff at the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy specialize in training young racers and accelerating their skills so that they're ready for the next challenge. Don't just invest in equipment. Invest in your driver. Bring them to the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy at Speed Sports Racing Park in Houston and invest in their skill development. Get them ready to take on that next on-track challenge better prepared than ever. Get ready for 2020 by calling the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy at 866-607-7223. Head to speedsportsracingpark.com to learn more. Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. I want to ask your experience with the SuperNats because later that year you end up finishing fifth at the SuperNats on the podium there as well. Right. What? What are SuperNats are still going? It's the it's the biggest race in North America. You came out a couple of years ago as a guest to you know, come sing the national anthem like you did for us so many times. Right. What are your experiences? What are your memories of the Super Nationals?
1: Um, One of the best ever, right? Uh, I I laugh about this all the time with uh, Danica Patrick. Yep. uh, Because she was kart racing uh, when we went to the Super Nationals the first time. And because we were funding basically Tony Kart in America at the time, I was like, we we went ahead and spent a ton of money. We had a huge tent. And Danica Patrick actually raced, you know, because she was on Tony Kart at the same time. In our tent. And so I, you know, I said it all the time. I was like, yeah, Danica Patrick used to race for me. Um, (laughs) She laughs when I say that because she's like, "Uh, yeah, no. No. But um, uh, it was the it was the creme de la creme, right? Everybody in this country and especially back then, right? Everybody in this country and some big names would always show up and you knew that when you did well at the Super Nationals, obviously there were always accidents and, and things happened. But if you did well at the Super Nationals, that that kind of said where you were in all of America in terms yes. of kart racing. Um, there was nothing bigger. There was nothing better. Uh, I remember when it was out at Sloan
0: right. um,
1: before it moved over to uh, the Rio parking lot. Um, it was It was so much fun. It was just it was like getting out and you know that track uh what corner was that turn two or turn three uh i think it was turn two um that was the corner that separated the men from the boys
0: yeah there was a lot yeah yes
1: right like you came you came out of the last corner you went down the main straight you made that first right and then that second right and if you didn't get it right and literally use every <laughs> Inch of that of that track, you were getting dusted down that back straight. Indeed. Um, and so you know, it was one of the crazy things was when I first started racing. Sean used to always say, "There's nobody that has more balls on a, in a car than you do." Wow! Because you you just go for it, <laughs> like you like well, whatever. I, I, I might die, <laughs> but I'm gonna take this flat. Um and I remember the first time I got to that corner and did it flat. Yeah, I didn't do that for a while. <laughs>
0: oh, shit. You,
1: you drop a wheel and you're like, don't hook. Yeah. And just then you're don't you're, hook. You're in the gravel.
0: Cause then you drive driving yeah. to the gravel.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. There wasn't grass. It wasn't yeah. nice. It was literally the desert. The desert. Um, and so you dropped the a wheel there and you're just literally going, don't flip. Just don't flip. Um but in race time, you know, it's like who can put that cart at that speed right on the edge every time down that 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 straightaway. Yeah. I made a ton of passes down that straight because that was one corner that I said, there's no 14-year-old that's going to beat me into that corner. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, yeah. I'm a man. <laughs> yeah, it didn't always work. That's but awesome. um uh, <laughs> but, but some of the best times and, uh, you know. Uh, that was when Brown, um, Hollis, Brown. Holl- Hollis Brown owned the track and um, Brian Herter was uh, part owner with him then. And that's what kind of, you know, we would go out there and, and uh, test all the time. Uh, we, we did a lot of testing. We, we drove and tested and, and, and worked hard to, to get our skills up to where we felt like we could compete um, against the, the best. And I always felt like it was messed up because I was giving up so much weight. To a lot of the kids, you yeah, know. Yeah, that's
0: true. Yeah, I, get, um, I understand
1: that. Yeah, and I, you know, I was, I wasn't. There wasn't no senior division back then, so I wasn't doing yeah. that, right? No. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, you know, kids could put the weight in the bottom of their seats. I had mm-hmm. it all above the seat, you know, so um, had to really kind of uh work my way around making a cart that that wasn't really designed. To be at its at its best with where my weight was, you know, large upper body, upper body yep. above the seat line. It was uh, it was hard. I can I can really smoke kids in in the uh, in the slow corners because I was I was getting those tires to dig in, um, <laughs> and I could get out of a slow corner really fast. But those fast corners, it was hard to keep the cart um, pretty flat and stable.
0: Yeah, yeah. So okay, so you 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 jump into 1997, then 98. Then you guys go hardcore '99. You have your own team in 2000, and then you essentially stop racing. What what was it that what, what made you say you know what this is? I have my time here. We're going to move on.
1: I I think a little bit of it was, and Sean and I have talked about this a little bit since. So kind of got disheartening at times when you realize the difference of, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name any names or say anything specific, but there were people who just simply had better stuff that we were never going to get yeah right and it was at a time when technology was people could be better than the the rules officials were at finding things um, and eventually the you know scusa had to just give in and just make everything legal because there was no way that they were ever going to police it properly. Um, and, you know, after a while, you keep pushing and pushing and pushing. and You're going, I'm spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to go have fun. And we felt like in terms of our skills, we were really close to the top, but we were never going to get the best stuff. And unfortunately, um, the people at Track Magic, you know, they said they were going to give us the same stuff that the race team had. And then they didn't, right? And then they admitted to it. And we just kind of just got with all the politics and all of that. We just kind of said, you know what? We wish everybody luck. It's and it was a great time in our lives. You know, uh, I had a family at that point. And so I just went, you know, it's, it's time to move on to the next chapter uh, in our lives.
0: Let's talk about some other you racing. You actually, you became uh, like a superstar, at the Long Beach Grand Prix and the Toyota Celebrity race. You won a couple of those races.
1: Yeah, well, I won um, two of them back-to-back in the 90s. Yep. Um, and the first one, obviously, you know, what they do is they make you start on, you know, there's just the celebrity field, and then mm-hmm. they have the pro field. Um, and so I went out my first year. I qualify on pole, and I win the race by, like, 11 seconds, right? So I just, just take off uh, and win. So the next year – they have us come back and they tell me, well, okay, this year you're not going to start on pole. You're going to start at the back of the pack. (laughs) And I was like, well, I was like, all right, well, it'll be more fun because I'll, you know, be able to pass some cars versus just run 10 laps around Long Beach and just leave everybody alone. I was in first place in four laps (laughs) and just checked off again and, you know, left everybody. The third year, they they had um, a bunch of uh, old winners and whatever come back, right? Uh, so, but they make me start at the back. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Everybody else has won or been in the race. Also, why am I starting in the back? They're like, because you're starting in the back. All right, whatever. So I go <laughs> and go into turn one. And I've got no brakes. Oh. No brakes. Foot goes to the floor. Bang it, I hit it into the wall. Right. But I, I I was lucky enough to not go to where I, you know, blew the radiator or the or or the or the wheels. And so I backed up and just started going again. I'm like, well, what am I gonna do now? How am I gonna do this? Well, I realized that obviously the e brake worked, right? Now we're talking. So I basically started drifting. Right, so I'm just going, and every corner I e-brake it and put the foot on the pedal in hopes that it would slow it down a little bit. It wasn't. It wasn't that it didn't work at all. It just wasn't working as well. Okay. So I would do that and add a little e-brake to try to get the car to stop. And I would sling it every sling it into the corner, right? I find some and video it, and just drift it through the corner, right? And then keep going. Well, I finished third, and I was. Like a second behind the winner, I caught back up. If I had one more lap, I'd have won that race. So, so I finished third, and they don't have me back because they basically say like, if you win the race, you can come back. If you don't win the race, you can't come back. They were like, we're done with Alfonso. We're not giving him breaks. Oh man. And then I finished third. Yeah. Um. And then the last two years of the of the of the Grand Prix, um, for the Celebrity Race, I came back. Uh, they put me in the Pro Division, um. And I went through the field and caught the – because for people who don't know the Toyota Celebrity Race, they they put the the pros 30 seconds behind the celebrities.
0: That's it, yeah.
1: Um, And so I started 30 seconds. I I won the poll of the pros and then caught the celebrities, went through the celebrities, and was in first place on lap six Um, and then just walked away from the field. Uh, So the last year – this was the last year – of the Toyota Celebrity Race, Um, and they have Max Pappas, Al Unser Jr., Jimmy Vassar, Rob Millen. uh, That's pretty stacked. Um, Then a bunch of celebrities. Sean did it. Uh, Frankie Munoz. Uh, um, A bunch of guys did it, right? So I go out. We always would practice up at Willow Springs. I would Mm -hmm. go out, and I basically like was faster than everybody, all the pros, everybody, they were doing lap times. I'm faster than everybody up there at Willow. We get to Long Beach on the race weekend and we go out first practice session and I'm like 13th. <laughs> and the, I'm, dri- I'm driving the car and I'm like, something ain't right. Like this is not driving right. Like the car is jacked up. And And so I come in and I'm like, guys – there's something wrong. Like the car feels like it's literally rising up as I'm driving. <laughs> right. And I'm like, and so we're going through everything and we do the, we do the second practice session and then we have qualifying. I qualify like mid pack, but something like something like 10th or something like that out of like 22 cars. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm devastated. Cause I'm going, there's no way that I got slow. And I've done the year before, I knew my times, right? Yeah. So I know what I'd normally do at the track and I'm driving the wheels off this thing. And I go to the, the chief engineer and I say, Hey guys, I, can we test the, the, the pounds on the tires because something's not right. Like the, like it, the car feels like the center of gravity is way too high. And the car is just like tipping back and forth. And I, It's like I can't get anything to stick. It's like it loads and then disappears. They tested it through the through the first day or whatever. They're like, it's coming back fine, coming back fine. Qualified horribly. Wake up the next morning and my crew chief comes to me and says, Our bad. We've totally messed up. (laughs) Well, they do. We had a broken air pressure gauge. Your tires were eight pounds or eight <laughs> or ten pounds too high. So the car was good for a half a lap. Right? That's and then crazy. it was gone. Yep. Right? So they, they obviously they 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 went and got a different air gun and they looked at it and they and they got the pressures right. But they reversed the field for the last year. So okay. they put the worst guys last, I mean first, and the best guys were last. So I'm starting mid pack. <laughs> I was like um, I'm good. <laughs> okay, sure. This might work out anyway. That's awesome. Um and so, you know, I literally take off, I go right through the field. Um I'm in first place, they have a yellow flag. Um I take off, I win the race by a long ways. Nobody catches me, no close. But the coolest thing was it was at the end when we're in pit, you know, and the, the 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 uh the podium max pappas and rod millen finished second and third behind me and max pappas said yes he started in front but i couldn't catch him he was gone
0: that's nice he was like
1: he he literally checked out because once we once they had the yellow everybody was right there and i checked out from even him so it felt good to know that, all right, like the last year I did win. It wasn't like the rest where I literally drove. Yeah. It was reverse field. I qualified badly, but it wasn't my fault. It was all of that. <laughs> but, um, but it was my fourth win, and uh, no one has more wins other than Alan Sir Jr. in the IndyCar race at Long Beach.
0: We pause our face-to-face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. You've heard and read about us. We are the Rawlson Performance Group. We race to win. Our senior program is the best in the sport, and we have the SCUZA Pro Tour X30 Senior Championship to prove it. Our coaching staff includes four-time SCUZA National Champion Ryan Norbert, three-time SCUZA Super Nats winner Bonner Moulton, SCUZA Pro Tour X30 Junior Champion, 2015 Rotax Grand Finals Vice Champion, and Junior Development Specialist Luke Selkin, and our hands on owner, multi time champion, and IKF Duffy winner Mike Rollison. This isn't sideline coaching. We're on track and we dogfight with you. It's like nothing you've ever experienced. You learn more and more with every single lap. Our seniors win races, like Hannah Greenmeyer at the of Winter Series opener in Florida. And they win because they've been trained, coached, and honed by our RPG staff. Hurricane Hannah is proof positive. If you're a mini driver ready to move up, or a junior driver who's done with running mid-pack, join the team that will develop your skills and take you to the podium. At the Rawlson Performance Group, we turn juniors into pros. In 2020, we'll be racing at the Scusa Winter Series Pro Tour and California Pro Car Challenge, the Florida Winter Tour, and the United States Pro Card Series, as well as the IKF Northwest Region. If you want to fight for championships, or want to improve your skills and your chances to win... The answer is to call RPG at 503-260-4514. We're the and Performance Group. We race to win. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Esprit chassis and the new for 2020 in the U.S., the Red Speed and the EOS, OTK quality is second to none. All five brands are winning races and championships across the country in national programs like the Rock Cup Florida Winter Tour and the Challenge of the Americas, the Scusa Pro Tour and the Scusa Winter Series and the Pro Kart Challenge, and the United States Pro Kart Series and the WK Manufacturer's Cup. And OTK products are also front and center on the podium of club and regional races from coast to coast. To learn more about a specific product line or to find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Expre, Red Speed, or EOS, visit www.otkusa.com. Specific chassis territories are still available, so kart shops interested in adding a winning component to their product lineups can contact OTK directly. Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. Hey, quick question for you. Yeah, back, to, back to the Supernats. Yeah, man. Did, did you come when when Schumacher came to run the race? I, I did. I
1: was there. I came that year. I just came, I didn't I didn't race, but yeah. I came and hung out and watched. Um, what do you think of that? What was that like? Oh, I mean, it was like it was I mean, thing. I've got I've got photos on my phone. Like it's <laughs> like yeah, I was taking pictures of him just literally like. People would be like, what is that? I was like, that head right there, that little small head, all the way out of it, that's Schumacher. Um, you know, it, it, it was very cool that a lot of the Formula One guys came over because I know it was uh, Giancarlo Fisichella, uh, Schumacher. There was a few guys that came over and, and yeah. ran from F1. Obviously, when Schumacher was there, it made everybody not even remember the other people who were that's racing. <laughs> but um, it really said something to where I remember being pretty much at the first one. And seeing what it had it had grown to, yeah. Um, to to see the transformation, um, and to feel like you know, Sean myself had a small part in you know broadening the the global appeal and the knowledge of that race because obviously, um, we did interviews and and wherever uh, yep. and we talked about it. I mean, obviously, whenever uh, any media came, you guys came to me or Sean and said, <laughs> okay. "Hey, would you?" Can you no. do this? We, no. You know, and we were always, you know, up to doing it to yeah. help the sport. and, and uh, But but to see that it had grown to that was very special to know that, that you know, we were kind of the grand poobahs of the, of the beginning of that thing.
0: It was awesome. Okay, now let, let me tell you. So when uh, when was the last time you were in a cart?
1: Uh, about four years ago. Right. Uh, Everett and Philip Giebler had me go out to Fontana. Um, and Tanner Faust was out there. We shot a little thing. Um, it was a little fun thing about you know racing and they had the camera crew out there and the carts were completely different like the the power band like back when we obviously the 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 technology and the in the motors weren't as as what they are today right yeah, yeah. that that uh, I don't even know what they call it now but what would have been s1 the super level those carts it's like that, that's the power band <laughs> that was the entire it was like i was like where is the power and then all of a sudden it came on and it was a rocket ship it felt like it had turbo um but yeah i mean it was four years ago and i i realized how much uh out of shape i was even though that was after dancing with the stars when i was kind of in shape
0: yeah yeah and but not you, in karting shape do you have a desire to get back and race again potentially is there something else that feels your competitive fire now
1: you know, I, I have uh, I've got a lot of little ones now. I have, uh, you know, my family, I've got uh, I've got a, a little girl who's about to turn one. I've got yeah. a five year old, a six year old, uh, obviously my 17 year old. Um, and so, you know, it was funny because, you know, obviously I went on and, and blasted ESPN and that's what kind of got all this whole thing started again and people were recognizing that i'm into racing yep. um for not knowing the difference between indycar and f1 uh on espn i was yep. like come on y'all you know you air f1 on your channel you gotta know where yeah. to get the, the media footage yeah. right um but uh i i, I sat around and i thought you know do i really even want to get a simulator um and it's that it's that thing when you know i have an addictive personality. <laughs> <laughs> and I I, I I I was I was researching it. I was going through all of it. I was like looking to find the companies, where could I put it in my house, the chair, where it would work, what yep. kind of screens. I was looking at steering wheels and the foot pedals, and I got fully, fully into it. And then I said, when the hell am I gonna do this? There's <laughs> no time. That's funny. I'm home all the time now because of obviously all of our situations and yep. we don't go out at all. I was like, no, no, I can't. I can't buy this. You would, dive, would be, You
0: would, you would dive so deep into it,
1: dude. I, I know myself well enough. Now the difference between Alfonso 25 years ago and Alfonso now is I go, yeah, dude, you can't, you, you can't own this. You could go to someone's house and play with it every once in a while but you can't own this because my kids would literally be missing me. Um, I'm already like that with golf. And I don't need two things that I would literally spend all my time working on. And, uh, and, and I would, cause I tell you, I would be trying to do it. (laughs) I would be one of those dudes that literally at, you know, four o'clock in the morning sitting there on my deal my wife coming in, knocking me upside my head, going, like, "Get to bed, you idiot!" I'm <laughs> testing. I'm testing, dude. And listen, listen. I got. I, I. I really believe so I can. Take turn one, faster. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta get this.
0: Hey, <laughs> let's ask one more question before we do the Ek and Fast okay. Five. This will kind of stop you from racing again. Um, you look back in your career. Mm. I, I had Justin Moon just posted it.
1: What was your biggest wreck? Do you remember your biggest wreck? Oh, absolutely. I had two of them. Okay, I had two really. Um, yep. oh, do you remember Scusa Reno? Reno, yeah, that was one of them, yeah, that was one of them, <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, yep. Um, that that pretty much I you, um, went,
0: you went straight off that corner and powered into the fence.
1: There was a so the Reno track had the highest curbs for a chicane, yeah, ever, right? Coming down the hill, <laughs> coming down that hill, and then going through that little chicane onto the straightaway, yep. And I hit. The first curve and it got me off, right? Cause it kind of lifted it up and they had a cone. They had a big old cone. And I hit the cone with the other way and it just shot the go-kart. Rolling, rolling, rolling over the fence, right? Yep. Into the into the stands. It was horrible, it was right? I'm, I'm loop-de-looping into the into the into the hay yep. and the wall. It was it was bad. I got they took me to the hospital. I came back, I was fine. The biggest, the biggest wreck I ever had was in Reno, except not in a go-kart. Uh-oh. All right. And what was funny was when I went to the hospital for this one, they were like, weren't you here a couple of years ago? <laughs> so I wrecked in a Barber Pro Series car. And I was going down the straightaway, um, made a mistake going into the straightaway. Two cars got up next to me. The little idiot in my head goes, dude, if you could just stay in it longer than the two and get past them again, because I had already passed both of them, then you'll be fine because I because it was just a mistake that I made and I could get through it. Yeah. Well, as I was going, both cars went whoop. And then it hit me that, oh, maybe I should break. <laughs> right? Because I kind of need to hit the brakes. And and I missed the brakes. My 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 boy walked over here. He was looking me. I was like, I can't hear whether you make a noise where I can hear you. Um so I didn't hit the brake in time, and I remember everything going dead silent, and everything went slow motion, and I backed her into a tire wall, the car hit the wall, went straight up in the air, did a 360 in the air, broke the engine off of the back of the car, Ouch. and then the two cars that I passed ran into me, and it was all four corners are gone, I was knocked out, just gone, and wow. so... um. They took me to the hospital. I woke up on the track. Um I woke up kind of like in the halfway in the car and yeah. I got up and I started to try to walk off the track dumb cuz I was knocked out, but my brain wasn't working. And you know that that thing where like you you start here and you, and you walk down the stairs and you pretend you're walking there That's what I did. I walked down the stairs cuz I literally just like I couldn't walk and laid out. Now I'm laid out on the on the actual hot track. Oh, my God. Guys jump over the wall. They lift me up. They put me on in, in the in, in the infield. Uh, they took me to the hospital. I spent a couple of days in the hospital there. Um, that That's what got me into carting.
0: There it is. <laughs> I'm out. We pause our face-to-face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. In racing experience is priceless franklin motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing with a large online product selection select track support events and a wide variety of shop services franklin motorsports is your complete karting source check out our online store at franklinkart.com, where all our products are just a mouse click away we ship daily to ensure that you get your order as quickly as possible and we are constantly adding new products to our online store. We specialize in IAMI engines, tillet seats, ceramic product line, OTK products, Briggs and Stratton engines, and of course, our championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fit your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to innovative engine works by FMS. Our in house engine service department. Frame straightening, kart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklinkart.com. Feel like you're racing alongside the many legends that have called CRG home. With direct factory support, The CRG Nordam operation is the North American distributor for all CRG products related to karting and is based just outside Houston, Texas. The complete racing chassis line, including the famous Road Rebel shifter cart, is available through CRG Nordam. The growing FS4 Briggs & Stratton focused chassis is expanding worldwide, including right here in North America. Many tracks, indoor and outdoor, have made the switch to the Centurion rental kart line through CRG. New for the 2020 season is the mini hero for cadet racing, homologated for FIA competitions around the world. Head over to kartcrg.com or find them on all social media networks. Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. All right, listen, (laughs) here we go. All I right. got I got five questions for you. The EKN Fast Five. You've kind of already did the first one, but we'll start it so it's all together. Okay. Alfonso Roberto, are you ready? Yep, I am. All right. Question one: What was your first cart? Your very first cart.
1: My first cart that I owned was uh, was a Track Magic. Uh, not Track. No Track Magic uh, was a Tony Cart. Yep. Tony Cart right. Track Magic was the first cart that I actually bought.
0: Of all the racing, question two: Of all the racing you've done in karting, what was your favorite track?
1: Um. Well, I have two favorite tracks. Um, my favorite track, obviously, was Norman, Oklahoma, because I won the World <laughs> Finals there. And it was a track that I really enjoyed going. We went there and tested a bunch um, and and loved going there. And um, the owner, I forget his name right now. Rodney um, Berry Roddy Rodney Berry Yeah, Berry Uh What a just true Oklahomian, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we loved going there. He totally took care of us. Uh, I loved racing that track. Uh, and, then, and then basically the Willow Springs cart track uh, yeah. is a really good testing track because of the fact that you're at elevation. And so the difference between going in the morning, afternoon, evening really taught us a lot about understanding how to work the carburetor and yeah. put the jets in properly and the way that track would heat up. And so we were taking, you know, track temps. And so knowing how the cart reacted it was a great place to go testing.
0: That's awesome. You kind of, I, I can probably figure this out, but question three, what was the biggest win of your carding career?
1: Well, obviously, yes, I just said it, the world <laughs> finals, yeah. uh, yeah. that, that was, uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, the other one was Santa Maria. Um, I, I literally, uh, from the first session through to the win, I was the fastest on the track at all sessions. So, that was another really cool win because it wasn't just the win. There it is. There you are, Maria, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was really cool because it was from it was from the beginning of the weekend it all was. the way through, and was the fastest at every session. So yeah. that was a cool, a cool one. And that I think that
0: one backed up your win at the world finals because you were on track, magic. At that point, that was the next year, man. You came in, you were able to get that win.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that 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 kind of said that it wasn't. It was, it was me. It wasn't necessarily the equipment. It That's was, it. uh, I, I had reached the point where I could show up on a race weekend and show up and deliver and win.
0: Question four. Now you had a small amount of time in karting. Who was your biggest rival when you were in carding?
1: Um, I'm trying to remember dude's name. He was, oh, it was, it was, uh, I believe his cart number was five C, um, probably, uh, probably AJ Noud. No, it wasn't No, it wasn't out. Okay. Um, we almost got into it a couple times. Oh, really? Um, yeah, like you know, he 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 didn't race me as cleanly as I would race him, and a couple of times, you know, we would, we would we would we would we would knock a little bit, and uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I certainly was a hothead, but the problem was, <laughs> see, here's the problem: I was an adult, <laughs> okay? Yeah, and a lot of the people I was racing against were teenagers right there were a few adults but a lot of them were like you know 16 17 18 i couldn't get out of the cart and go snatch a kid up <laughs> yeah. I've, all, I've always said that that's tough <laughs> yeah. right. i was yeah. like it ain't i was like you little well, if i could then, you know and then i would go to the dad and be like i'm telling you one more time i'm going to knock your kid out <laughs> um, but i couldn't i couldn't do that so I, obviously i was already on tv and all the rest but that's i was it. like you can't do that. You there, like, could do it there's
0: but lots was, of they're throwing a bunch of names up here, but I'm not going to throw anybody's names. In. I don't want I don't want to get in a scrap right now.
1: Yeah, yeah uh, no, no. no. We, you know what? It was, by the way, I will say this. We always made it right in the end. Yeah. Right. Like there was always someone would be like and at the end of the day, we'd walk over to the other person's tent and be like, hey, dude, come on. Right. <laughs> and then we, we'd make it OK. And and, uh, and so we left it always with a, with a good taste in our mouths.
0: All right. Final question in your carding career, who was your biggest mentor or influence?
1: Well, I mean, obviously it was a, it was a combination of Sean, Um, Sean Flannery, obviously uh, just being, you know, my teammate and my, my running dog, we, we, we worked together to achieve what we wanted to achieve. Um, and then I have to give all the love in the world out to Everett Giebler because yeah. having Phil Giebler be a champion on, um, you know, a lot of that information we got and would 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 be able to to utilize it. At the time, Phil was over in Europe racing. So, you know, when he'd come back, we'd go have a test day and Phil would hop in a car. <laughs> right. And be like, no, no, this car is set up great. Or no, 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 no. This is all wrong. And so every once in a while, he'd come and help us really learn how to work on the setups of the cart and get him to kind of, he would, you know, spend a half day and get the cart right. And then we'd hop in and be like, got it. That's the feeling that we're looking for. You know what I mean? Because you don't, until you know what a really good cart feels like, that's it. You have no idea what you're in search of. Yeah. Because there's no other way for someone of our stature that's not running F1 or, mm-hmm. or IndyCar to have any real idea of what a perfectly tuned go-kart feels like yep. until you get in one or you accidentally <laughs> get it right. That's right. Right? Because that's yep. really what happened a bunch of times was in the beginning, we accidentally hit the setup. You know what I mean? I remember when we went to Florida, we we didn't change anything. Yep. We delivered the cart, we got off, we went on the track. And the cart was fast and kept getting faster, right? So it was just one of those deals where the cart just was set up right. was right. And, and we didn't have to do anything. I mean, little things like air pressure and all that. But it wasn't like like you know, changing ride heights or any of that or changing the axle. It was never any of that. We didn't know what it felt like. Uh, <laughs> Phillip would, would help us every once in a while get the cart to where it was like, that is fast. That's and awesome. now we can tune from there. And it was fine-tuning, not big wholesale changes. I remember one night, and we'll end it here with, with, with setups. Phil Giebler obviously was my crew chief, and, and we worked together seamlessly. Um, and it was something that was bothering me, and I couldn't get it right. I couldn't figure out how to get it. And I was dreaming. And I thought of something while I was sleeping, and I woke up. <laughs> and it was 3.30 in the morning. I woke up in the morning, and I said, I got it. And I picked up the phone, and I called Everett. It's 3 30 it. in the morning. I said, like, Everett, Everett, listen, tomorrow we gotta go to the track. I found something I think it's gonna work. It's gonna be great. It, it, he was like, dude, it's 3:30 in the morning. What are you doing? <laughs> go to sleep. We'll talk about it in the morning. I was like, Oh, you're right, my bad, my bad, my bad. Sleep. A- love you, brother.
0: <laughs> dude, you were living it. Like you were all missing, all in. All in. All, in. All, all
1: in. all 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 in. All right. It.
0: Done and dusted with the fast five. Well done. Good job. I like that. Hey, one thing I do want to, and we'll, we'll wrap it up with this. One of the things I remember when you, you know, that when you and Sean were with us for so many, so many times, we had a lot of great dinners, we had a lot of good times, cold beers at mm. the end. I always liked the fact, and you used to tell us to this that, that that you guys felt like you could come into the paddock and just be you. Absolutely. You you, know, you, you weren't Alfonso Robero the actor, and Sean wasn't the actor, and it wasn't we didn't ask you to do a stupid dance, right? Right. Yeah. You, <laughs> right? Yes, of course. You guys could just come and be yourself and hang out and go
1: racing. You're racing. Listen, I don't, I remember not combing my hair for days, right? <laughs> like literally, because no one cared. Yeah. At the end of the day, the, one, the greatest thing about sports and karting in particular is that it doesn't matter who you are going in. It doesn't matter whether you're famous or not or old or young. All that matters is what you do on that track. Yeah. Can you deliver a lap time? And then, can you race that lap time and be clean enough to win a race? That's all anybody ever cares about when you go to a racetrack. And that, to me, was what made racing so special. It had nothing to do. It didn't matter. You know, it changed, which is why we got out of it. Mm -hmm. It did matter how much money or who you knew or how you could influence things, and it did become political. Um, And shoot, some people ended up with F one careers out of it.
0: (laughs) We'll
1: leave it at that. But at the end of the day right? Like you had to be fast. You had to show up, you had to do it yourself and nobody cared who you were. Nobody cared how much money you had. No one cared any of that. Yeah. Are you yeah. fast? If you're fast, you get respect. You're slow. You're back there. Go talk to the people next to you.
0: Hey, listen, we got, guys, we got Trevor McAllister chiming in. We got Matt Jaskill chiming in. I love
1: wow. it. Wow. <laughs> Those are my boys. <laughs> That's it. Hey, listen, Matt, buddy. it's <laughs> uh, always love racing with you, buddy. Matt, you were awesome. That's awesome. And uh, Stop skydiving.
0: He's not going to stop skydiving.
1: No, stop skydiving, Matt. <laughs> okay. Stop. Hey. No more,
0: Alfonso. Thank you so much for joining me, buddy. Uh, it's been great to talk to you. A long time friendship. Uh, I love watching what you do, and you continue to be a, a rock star. I appreciate you taking the time out for us.
1: Thanks, Rob. It's uh, I'm I'm so happy to see you. Just be the guy who was calling races on the on the start stand to now having you shows and working with IndyCar and. Uh, Dude, I am so proud of what you've become also, uh, which is why when you asked me to do this, it was an automatic, yeah, I'll, I'll, absolutely, I want to come on and, and uh, reminisce about the old days, and uh, you're proud of what you're doing, and, and uh, congrats, and, and keep doing it. Keep keep doing a great job.
0: I appreciate it. Take care of your family, and take care during this time, buddy.
1: Absolutely, brother. Hope everybody's yeah. safe, and uh, can't wait to get back to jumping in those wheels for everybody else out there.
0: That's it. Thanks, Alfonso. Take care, buddy. Okay. Folks, one of the best, man, Alfonso Roberto Great to have him with us on the show. I'm telling you, it was such good times back then. As he said, it was we just we were all about having a good time, and these guys were out racing. They didn't have to be actors. They didn't have to be celebrities. They just were able to come and race, and that was the beauty of having both he and Sean Patrick Flannery with us for those four years of, of just really hardcore racing. Appreciate everybody joining us here on the face-to-face. We'll have more coming. Thanks again to Alfonso Roberto Thanks for David Cole for handling the production. My name is Rob Howden. It's been great, folks. Book it.